the sentimental value of this song is extremely high to me. I cannot emphasize that enough. My love for this song runs deep. It's very special. I'm going to gush all over it, which is probably a good thing because, disclosure, I don't have as much about this song because it's not a hit. It's not something a lot of people talk about, this Queen number. But I love it. And there is a huge reason for that. This isn't just me gushing over a song that I love because it hits me and it gets me in the feels and I feel it all over. That this, this song is very unique for me in Queen's catalog. And I suppose it's very unique anyway, just given its sound and its style, a different approach to make this song. So I think that's why. And maybe I should open with my fun facts. How about that? Why don't I shake it up? And instead of giving you the basic traits of the song, such as tempo and key and the dive number, let's dive into the fun facts first. And then I will tell you what song we're talking about, because I actually have quite a few fun facts about this, interestingly enough, even though I don't have as many band critique comments or press critique for that matter. So let's open with fun facts about this latest Queen Deep Dive of mine. This song has the honor of being the first Queen song I ever remember hearing. Sometime in England, before we moved back to the States, perhaps it was played on the radio, when the Christmas single was spun. And I'll give you a little bit more context on that in a moment. But yes, reminder, I know I've mentioned this before. I lived in the UK. I lived in England for a few years when I was little, little. My dad was in the Air Force. And when I was about a year old, we moved from Sacramento to this tiny little town called Rampton. And in fact, if I look up on Google Maps, the street shot of the green, which was the circle where we lived in that tiny little town, it looks exactly the same. The blue trim on the duplex we lived in, the gravel driveway, the garden that was on the side of that duplex, the bats lived in the rafters up there in that, in that little duplex. It was this cute little place. And there are pictures of me on a tricycle in that driveway. And I kid you not, I look at it now on Google Maps and it looks exactly the same. But I digress. I love to reminisce about those moments. I have very few actual memories of that, but yes, I do remember hearing this song on the radio. It had to be on the radio. Had to be. Because my parents didn't have this album, The Works, which is what this song is from. Remember, we're in album 11, The Works from 1984. My parents did not own that album, to my knowledge. No cassette, no no record, nothing. So my assumption is this was played on the radio. And I'll tell you why that's possible that could have happened in a moment here. But let's keep going with the fun facts. This song was written with the intention of being part of the soundtrack for The Hotel New Hampshire, the film The Hotel New Hampshire. But the project fell through when film producers opted for a classical score and Queen decided to devote their time to this album, The Works. Now, regardless, the song's title 
comes directly from the book of the same name, and it was a catchphrase in the film to encourage others to persevere, i.e., I almost don't want to say this because I haven't told you the title yet, but I guess, you know, you're listening to the episode, you saw the title. Okay, do not approach the open windows from which a fall would be fatal. It sounds and feels quite dark, but in the song, the context is brighter, energized. There is an extended version of this on the Christmas single, and two known demos of this song exist, one featuring a sparse arrangement with John chugging away on bass, Roger laying down drums as a backing track, and Freddie playing piano. He sings some vocals, mostly focuses on the piano, some vocal improv. It's a fantastic moment, though, even without Brian. Hearing the three of them together like that, it's a flashback to demos from years, years prior, especially hearing those drums. I love, I love when we hear those early ideas coming into the, into the forefront. You can hear the genius there, but they're still really raw and rough. And I just love hearing those developmental periods. And Disco Deaky jamming away, it's a thing of beauty. The shorter and rougher demo of Freddie on piano and only Freddie on piano, improvising some falsettos along with his fabulous playing. It's a great take on something that would become so bright and fabulous. It already sounds complete, surprisingly. That's what I love about anything Queen that's a demo. Again, you can really hear what would become a genius composition. The extended version features some interesting xylophone synthesizers, some syncopated percussive crashes, bangs, echoed and manipulated Freddie vocals. It's not very interesting though, and if anything, I think it detracts from the original's charm and poise. It's too much like an experiment, that extended version. But sometimes you just have to play around. I get it. I've done that. I listen back to some of my old remixes and, and I go, what was I thinking? This drones on and on. But when you're in that mode, it's fun to kick around the sounds and the rhythms and the ideas and see what you can come up with. And of course, I am talking about Keep Passing the Open Windows, which is track seven on Queen's 11th album, The Works. Yes, this is the song, the very first song I ever remember hearing from Queen. Isn't that amazing? It was not a hit. <laughs> if I heard a hit from Queen, I wasn't aware of it. But I got to tell you the story about when I heard this. And after hearing it after so many years, what it did to me. Okay, so when I first heard this, I was probably, I don't know, three years old, maybe three, four, if I had to guess. And this song has a very distinctive piano medley, very distinctive. We'll talk about it in a little bit. So when I first started collecting Queen albums on disc, I bought Queen 2. And I bought this, the works. Those were the first two I found in a little shop. And I brought them home and I started rotating and listening to them. This song came on and when the intro started or the pre-chorus, whatever we want to call that phrase, it did sound vaguely familiar, but it wasn't until Freddie hits this fantastic falsetto and carries it out and it echoes out and the piano medley starts. And I just, 
I almost fell off my chair. I got goosebumps. My eyes popped out of my head because I immediately remembered it. I knew what it was. I thought to myself, I haven't heard this in years because this is not a hit song. This is not on any, I don't think it's on any hit hit collections or greatest hits or anything. This is one of those really, nobody talks about buried deep tracks of Queen and it's brilliant. And when I heard that piano, I just, my hair stood up and I thought, I haven't heard this in decades, literally decades. And it was right there at the front of my head. All of a sudden, you have no idea how many times I thought I heard that piano medley somewhere else or it came to me and the cobwebs, the mental cobwebs were all around it and I could never pinpoint it. But here it was completely realized in my ears, in my head, in my brain. And I couldn't believe it. I was blown away. And I thought, this is the first Queen song I ever heard. And it just, I was so overjoyed. I think I must've listened to it five times in a row because I just couldn't stop. It took me back in a way to being that little, little kid and that little girl. And, and somehow I just remembered elements of that moment of hearing the song and being in England. And I think we were in the car and I, I just, I was there and it was kind of amazing. So why, you probably ask, why do I think it might have been on the radio? Well, it was the B-side to the boys' one and only Christmas single, Thank God It's Christmas, which was released November 26 of 1984. So I have a sneaking suspicion. Sometime it, was, it would either be around 84, maybe 85, the next holiday season, when this might have been played. Maybe someone spun it as the B-side after they played the lead single, the, 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 the A-side single, Thank God It's Christmas. That's my best guess. All I can tell you is I know I heard this and my parents did not own the album. So Christmas time, holiday time, excellence. Keep passing the open windows. This is dive number 126. And this song was written, recorded in 1983 as part of the soundtrack project for the Hotel New Hampshire. This is pop rock in its best form, we get a wonderful mix of rock, harder rock here, perhaps one of the best examples of it on the entirety of the works, actually. And of course, this is a Freddie Mercury composition. What is this? Only the second one we've had from him? Excuse me while I scroll backward here. Man on the Prowl. Oh, of course, it's a hard life. It's a hard life. That was the first... Freddie song. So this really is the third contribution from Freddie on the works. And I got to say, it might be my favorite contribution from him on this album, although I do have a soft spot now for It's a Hard Life. And even Man on the Prowl, I have this growing love and affection for it. But I definitely appreciate this one because of, again, that sentimental value is extreme off the charts for me with this song, Keep Passing the Open Windows. We're at 161 BPM, by far the fastest song on the works. We're rocking and we're cruising in this song. That's what makes it such a wonderful driving song for a road trip. That's what makes it so great to run to. It's a great encouragement, despite what the title means. And I want to go into that a little bit here as we get through some of the rest of these facts. We're in the time signature of 4-4 and the key of C major. There are some Fabulous chords in this song, though. <gasps> We're going to talk all about those as we get into the nitty-gritty later on. And this song, Perseverance, Be Strong, Believe in Yourself. I am stealing those lyrics directly from the song because that's what we have here. Carry on. 
keep passing the open windows and uplifting surprisingly orchestral. And I think that's partially because of the synthesizer arrangement. It's almost this ethereal number in Queen's catalog. Freddie created this brilliance, playing piano and keyboards and providing dynamic, commanding vocals. One of my favorites from him, his performance here. The attitude and demeanor, poised, dramatic, but impactful. It's wider and sweeping, even more epic than many Queen compositions. Its unique character creates an emotional resonance. I think it lingers very well here. Clearly, Freddie is an expert at creating luminous, affecting soundtracks. He takes us on this ride, not without rock and roll, as we glide from troubled thoughts to freeing hope. That's why I love this song, Hope. I've talked about that. Faith, hope, and love. I know the greatest of these is love, but I cling to hope so very much all the time. Brian provides perfectly lyrical guitar that soars in harmonics, bent notes. In fact, we get lots of variations of guitars, lots of layered guitars, harmonies, richness. Roger on his drums, crashes of dramatic cymbals. The cymbals in the song are truly a kind of magic, if you will. Lead-ins, fills, complex arrangements, and impressive work. And John, of course, right at home on ostinato bass lines, driving us forward into the brightness and the perseverance. It's almost as though he is supplying that attitude and that encouragement right through those bass lines. Freddie, Brian, and Raj on full backing, double-tracked harmonies, echoing lovely vocal moments of yesteryear. One of my favorite features on this song are those brief but throwback layers of vocals we get in the middle. But at the heart... This is a Freddie song through and through. And even if he was inspired by the story he read to write this number, which of course became the film, his encouragement to keep going and keep on is genuine, enthusiastic, and lovable. This is such an amazing, thrilling, heart-stirring song. Really. And it feels so different, even though we have some classic elements of Queen Rock in the verses especially. There's something about this song that you can't quite pinpoint, and I've read that from many different people critiquing it. There's rock here, but there's something that is altogether unique. And I love that because that is so much a queen thing. They're rock, but it's so much more than that. And this was never played live. Super sadness. I can only imagine how dynamic this would have been on a stage. Honestly, I don't know why they didn't pull it out and throw it on a set list, at least once in a great while, because I know this wasn't a single. It was a B-side, but it wasn't a single. It didn't make a big impact. To this day, not a lot of people talk about it or write about it. It's difficult to find comments about it. But people who do talk about this mention its brilliance, its fluid, interesting composition. This doesn't really have the classic verse, chorus, verse, chorus thing going on. It's very unique in its structure. And the elements, the motifs that repeat are done so surprisingly. And they're varied to the point where you get comfortable with them, but they keep you interested. That's the brilliance of a great songwriter. 
I love this. Keep passing the open windows. I do have some critique, though from only, I believe, one band member and another gentleman who is not a band member. I love when we get those, though, because it throws a different dynamic and an interesting perspective into the mix. Someone who's close to the band or a member of the band, but not quite a part of it. So it's always very eye-opening to read what they have to say. And my one comment from a band member is actually from John, Mr. Disco Deaky, briefly alluded to a project that would become this track in a letter to the fan club in 1983. Quote, I'm afraid to say it's been rather quiet lately as far as the group's concerned. Friday and I went to Montreal to meet Tony Richardson, who's making a film called Hotel New Hampshire. It's based on the novel by John Irving, who also wrote The World According to Garp. Freddie is writing at the moment, and we may do some recording for it later this year. We'll be meeting up with each other in the next couple of weeks to decide what to do with the rest of our lives. Whatever it is, I hope it's fulfilling for us all and entertaining and enjoyable for you, unquote. Isn't that sweet, first of all? John's sentiment, his demeanor, when he does speak up, when he does write... It's always very composed and well-spoken. I suppose all of them always very well-spoken. My one other comment is from Peter Freestone, of course, Freddie's personal assistant. For many years, he wrote in an intimate memoir, 2001, quote, Freddie's composition, Keep Passing the Open Windows, was originally created for the film Hotel New Hampshire. The film project had come about when the British film director, Tony Richardson, heard that the band was in Los Angeles. He approached Freddie and asked him if he would write some tracks for the film. Keep Passing was intended to be the title track of the as-yet-unmade film. After hearing the finished track, although he liked it, Richardson decided that it would be easier perhaps cheaper, to use already composed classical music. Cheaper? We were not amused. I'm not going to waste this track. It's going on the album. Unquote. Presumably what Freddie must have said. And what a brilliant decision. I'm so glad this did not go lost in the archives somewhere. I think this is a wonderful addition to this album. It is one of my favorites on the works. It is one of my most listened to on the works. I definitely am, my fondness for the works, I think as a whole, as we've journeyed through it, has increased. Absolutely. Typically what happens as I go through these albums, as much as I already love most of them. But yes, I do love this song. I think it's a standout on this album. I really do. I I don't have hardly anything to say from press. Nothing bad to say, but likely because so few have actually listened to this and taken it in. Park, wait a second, Pewterbog. I've mentioned, I remember the name Pewterbog or Pewterbach. I'm so sorry. I don't know how to say that. But I wrote Park. Isn't that Peter? (laughs) Did I miswrite that? Was I in a dream? Was I in a daydream? I'm so sorry. I'll have to go back and look at that and audit that. I apologize. But of Rolling Stone... So clearly I've messed up the first and the last name. I'm so sorry about that, at least once or twice. Rolling Stone (laughs) called this a surprise with a, quote, comely melody and relative restraint, 
unquote. So that is nice that we get a little bit of praise from one publication at least, and of all publications, Rolling Stone, which historically, as you guys know, has been rather harsh on Queen as a whole. So it's really great to get that comely melody and relative restraint. Wonderful. Fans like this, though, at least those who mention it. Some even name it their favorite track on the works. Yes. Like I just said, right? This is one of my favorites, if not my favorite. Whimsical, nostalgic, uplifting. I read those words a lot in mention of this, and many recognize it as something unique in Queen's catalog. Keep passing the open windows. This song means so much. And I, I want to get into a little bit about what it means and that contrast of, actually, I'm debating. Maybe I go into that. Let's break the song down first. Let's break the song down first. I'm winging it a little bit today. So let's get into this nitty gritty, the meat of the song. Whoa, Raj, this 16th note pounding drum roll lead in. That cymbal swell, we'll get a lot of those. And we get some glorious sparkling touches on percussion, those accents. But featured on the front and center is Freddie warbling and wailing beautifully. And his piano reminiscent of arrangements like the Millionaire Waltz comes to mind and other classically influenced inspired pieces. Except this is more grand, less playful, commanding and uplifting. John, you lovely bassist, you wonderful man, on the tonic, stabilizing the melody with those low frequencies, that sinking note before the rhythm begins. I'm not entirely sure what we call this lead-in verse pre-chorus thing, but it's perfect with that G minor seventh chord. And Freddie, out strong, loud, and proclaiming, surround myself around my own fantasy. You just gotta be strong and believe in yourself. Freddie Falsetto, chest voice, natural voice, softer. There's a fabulously tasteful echo on his vocal. Love is all you need. Cliche, yes, but it's beautiful here. And when that ostinato bass kicks in, along with those drums, we know we're kicking off. Oh, John. And that chord progression from F to E minor, it's not just the chords. This is the piano I was talking about. This is what got me. It's how they're played, that syncopation. Dun, dun, dun. Lots of sustained piano. And it's so pretty. Guitar appears, hello, Brian. Da, 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 da. Echoing out. And then suddenly, the windup of drum and fills heavy bursting guitar, more cymbals than we can count. We arrive at the first verse. Do you know what it's like to be alone in this world? Bringing it right out the gate, Freddie, leaving nothing for us to wonder. And this is decidedly more rock. This driving beat, the growling guitars, we feel suspended in these chords that drive home as Freddie sings around and through them. F chord. Wake up screaming in the middle of the night. You think it's all been a waste of time. Freddie sounds so commanding and gritty, much, much better and more attitude than I just had. You start believing everything's gonna be all right. G minor seventh into D, B flat, finally to C. 
a resolving arrangement that lifts us and that piano that rises and falls. Dun, 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 dun. So simple, but those harmonies and all that sustained richness. A brand new day's beginning. Along with the swell of arpeggio synths. <laughs> Get that sunny feeling and you're on your way. What a fantastic touch, those synths. Just believe, just keep passing the open windows. This is the first time we've heard Freddie double-tracked, singing in the chorus, fluttering trill guitar, panned around and in front and behind us on that D, beautiful, varied fills and rolls from Raj, and a slap of drums into the next verse. Do you know how it feels when you don't have a friend? Additional guitars add more color, interest, flair, and panache. More soul. All you think about is suicide. That syncopated guitar echo that follows, it's brilliant. And John, what are you doing here? It's fabulous. Ostinato, but some interesting changes, variations on that arrangement. That sable feeling just keeps buying deep inside. These glorious chords again and that circling synth. Things are looking better every day. Chorus, more Brian, more fluttering and lyrical playing, lyrical painting, all the while John and Roger bopping, jiving away. And as the chorus concludes this time, Brian grinds down in glissando and again, that opening pre-chorus thing appears, but now rich, floating oohs from all the boys surround us. And it reminds us of earlier harmony full queen wall-to-wall vocals. This is the only life for me, yeah. Freddie sounds even more roused and anxious to live. And I love what Roger's doing here. All of this percussion, that buttery texture. Surround myself around my own fantasy. Wow, this is a favorite moment with those choral vocals in the background. Forget all the sadness, because love is all you need. Freddie falsetto again. And the chorus resonates, the tonic lingering into a harmonic. Ducking into the solo, Brian joins Roger on triplets. The synths, the glittering piano, the rounded, resonant bass, all atmospheric, lovely, surrounding Brian's lyrical guitar into the right, onto the left, rising up in this fantastic crescendo. And another instrumental chorus with a repeated, stronger, emphasized piano riff. That sustained arrangement as Brian lingers again in a piercing note, shifting to join in the piano melody. And John does too. And the chords that sink into the pre-chorus, softer and subdued, but no less encouraging. The sound, it's like voices, like ahs ringing out. You just gotta be strong and believe in yourself. Forget all your sadness, cause love is all you need, yeah. Freddie, you tender, sweet, brilliant man. Just believe, just keep passing the open windows. Listen to the guitar glitz and playful arpeggios that pop around the drums as we begin our fade out. And Brian, of course, improvises rising and falling and moving scales and fast notes, impressively so, ending in a fade out that's a perfectly joyful, content resolution 
And now I'm going to talk about the interesting contrast of the attitude of this song against the lyrics of this song. You heard what I was singing. All you think about is suicide. Do you know what it's like to be alone in this world? The verses are thick with that kind of reflective, sad discouragement. But then we get to the chorus. And the love is all you need. Just believe, just keep passing the open windows. A little bit more context about those open windows. In the film, Hotel New Hampshire, there are big open windows in this building. And people will jump out of them. I haven't seen the film, so I can't speak exactly to what happens, but I did read the summary of it. And I believe at least one person commits suicide through a window. So the idea, and in the film it said, keep passing the open windows. When I first heard this song and fell in love with it, when I reconnected with it again, if you will, and I just love this thing and it's so uplifting and positive to me, I never made that connection because I haven't seen the film. I haven't read the book. I didn't know that the open windows are this threat. To me, keep passing the open windows meant stay in the openness, stay in the opportunity of the open windows, the open doors, etc. That was my perception of it. I had no idea that the open windows were this deathly thing that you wanted to stay away from. But that's the context of the open windows. And it's interesting that he's singing. It's essentially about not committing suicide, not falling to that desperation and that depression and that disconnect, not letting it overcome you to the point where you decide, I'm just going to end this. I'm going to stop the fight. So we have Don't Try Suicide, which of course is from two albums ago on the game. And what a difference a couple of albums makes because that song is heavily criticized for its tone. I think it's clever and brilliant, and I love the musical arrangement of it, and I think it's very tongue-in-cheek. But here, this is much more serious. This is much more intense, passionate, intentional, I feel. And it's that much more of a connection because of it. It's more rousing. It's more inspiring because of it. Don't Try Suicide is, ironically enough, a much more humorous take on the topic. This is more romantic. It's more emotional. It's more passionate and more stabilizing in that way. So if anybody was going to criticize Don't Try Suicide, which is also a Freddie song, just look at this one. If you're looking for something that gives you the same message, essentially, albeit different tone, much more, in my opinion, though I love both songs, much more encouraging, warmer, open, atmospheric. I talked about the tone of this song, its uniqueness as a style. It's very much, it's a standout. It doesn't sound like anything else. And I think that's because Freddie had this intention of writing something for a soundtrack. And this wasn't going to be the only thing. He wanted to do more. Presumably, the boys all wanted to do more for this. But, and I still don't know if they were kicked off the project or if they decided to quit the project and focus all their efforts on this album, or if it was a little bit of both. It was probably a little bit of both. But they would have all brought something to this film, and it would have been interesting to hear what those projects were. 
this survived and we get to hear it on the album. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful that we get to hear those demo tracks, those demo cuts, because we don't have this in any other existence. We don't have it on a stage. Sadness. Wouldn't it have been glorious to hear Brian fluttering away in this guitar solo here on a stage? Wouldn't it have been, it just been, would have been, <laughs> I can't even say it because it makes me so excited to think about Freddie playing this on a sustained piano, a big, huge piano on a stage and hearing Roger just beat the living daylights out of this drum arrangement. It would have been spectacular, but we never got to hear this. I know the, the boys, Roger and Brian, with Adam Lambert, will be doing some more performances in Japan. I just saw the release for that. And I would love it if they would throw something like this on their set list. Oh, Adam could knock this out of the park. I love what Adam does. Some people criticize Adam because he's quote unquote trying to be Freddie, but he's never tried to be Freddie. He's been very honest about that and said, you know, I can't be Freddie. No one can be Freddie. But you know what? I love to sing these songs and I do it my way. And I, I think he does a really good job. And it gives Roger and Brian that push, that motivation, that spirit to keep doing what they love. There is nothing wrong with that and everything good about that, in my opinion. Because that's your life. That's what you love to do. And I would love it if they would put, keep passing the open windows on the set list. Just, I would love it. Because there's a big chance that someone would record it. And I'm not really a fan of that. I don't like it when people stand in a concert and, and film things on their phones. I would much rather you just enjoy it and live in the moment. But inevitably, someone will record it. And honestly, I would not hate it if this song was on the list because we would all get to hear it. But my love for Keep Passing the Open Windows is immense for those sentimental reasons. This will forever and always be the first Queen song I ever heard. And I love that it is. I love that it's not a hit. I love that it's this really unknown gem of a number. And I urge you to go listen to this. Just take it in. Listen to that piano. There's so much spirit here. And I have to wonder... When Freddie wrote this, obviously thinking about the story, the story in the film that was in production, was he pulling from an experience he himself may have felt? I have to assume that all of us at some point wonder what it would be like if we were gone, even if we don't make it that far in, in the process of that thought. But I think we've all, in a, in a moment of sadness, desperation, panic, fear, desolation, depression, we've all had a moment of, would it matter if I wasn't here anymore? Even if it's a fleeting thought, what would, what would that do? And this just feels like it's coming from an extremely personal, deep place. Freddie, of course, magnificent at emoting and expressing and reaching those emotional highs and lows. But I think only a person who's been through a lot themselves can do that, can pull things out of those places that are so incredibly dark and overwhelmingly, revitalizingly light. Revitalizingly? Is that what I, <laughs> is that what I just said? <laughs> 
you get my you get my point overwhelmingly bursting with joy and brightness light we reach the highest highs and we fall to the lowest lows and it gives people that motivation to express themselves this way so i just wonder what kind of place this may have come from within freddie or if he's just that good at writing something that's so incredibly emotive but take from that what you will and think on that on your own and tell me what you think about this song and its composition its brilliance a wonderfully performed number that i think stands out in their entire catalog as this anomaly of a song that doesn't get enough attention or love. So please spread the word about Keep Passing the Open Windows and forget all the sadness because love is all you need. How many times have we heard that in a song? How many times have we read that in scripture? How many times have we heard that from our friends and our family? How many times have we heard that from the people who matter to us the most? How many times have we heard that from anyone and everyone who is giving us encouragement? Because love is the thing. Hope is my thing. I think first and foremost, but love is the thing. We don't even know what it is, do we? We don't really know what it is. How many definitions of love are there? What does that really mean? What, what does it really mean to love someone unconditionally, without cause, without any kind of motivation you just do? What does that really mean for us? Isn't it interesting that love is such a big thing? It is the biggest, it has to be the single most powerful thing in our lives. But we struggle to define it. We struggle to embrace it. We struggle to understand it. And yet I think in so many of these songs, in many a song, not just a queen song, in so many songs, it seems like those melodies just encompass that feeling. Music has a magic about it that way. But that's enough of my rambling, my introspection there for you. Go look up a song, Keep Passing the Open Windows. Listen to those lyrics. Read them. They're brilliant words. Things are looking better every day. Just believe. Believe. This song could have been called Just Believe, but that would have been a little too. A little too obvious, I think. So keep passing the open windows it is. I love that. That's more distinctive. It's more unique as it should be. But all right, guys, that is it. I think next time I do an episode, I might talk about something not queen because I've done, what, four? Four queen deep dives now. And guess what? We are only two songs now from the end of the works. Such a short album, not in running time, but in track list. And we're getting there. And we'll close it out soon. But until then, keep yourselves alive. <sighs> Gosh, that brings back memories when I did keep yourself alive. All those years ago now, what was that? Two and a half years ago now when I kicked off my podcast. Such fun. I'll have to go back and reminisce a little bit more. I know I did something on my 50th episode about how it started and how it was going. And I'd like to go back again now that I'm on my 100 and whatever episode and talk a little bit about the evolution of this podcast and what it means to me now and how it's become this beloved thing I love to escape to and I'd like to expand it some more. But all right, guys, this is done. This is enough. <laughs> go listen to Keep Passing the Open Windows. Until next time.